Hey everyone, and welcome to 121 Overload. I am Peter, that is Matt. We talk about movies on this show. This is our monthly movie show in which I pick a film that I love, Matt picks a film that he loves, and we put up for a vote on patreon.com slash TV. Our patrons vote for which one we'll do, and the winner this month was Matt's pick, uh, is The Ghost and the Darkness uh, from 1996. Yep. Which I had never seen before. Not only had I never seen this, I had never heard of this film when you picked this Wow. And I was like, what the hell is this thing? And it turns out it's basically Jaws, but with a line. <laughs> Jaws in the grass. Yeah, Jaws you. in the grass. So instead of water, it's long it, grass. Instead we... of a shark, it's a lion. And there's your movie. It's it's multiple lions. Well, but uh... yeah, it turns out to be multiple lions. I feel like, I don't know if that, is that spoiler territory, Matt? I don't know. No. No, because that's, that's, that's what the sure, title's okay, referring sure, to. Yeah. Um, and I assume this was a true story because when we got when I got to the end, it was like, oh, yep. the the bones of these lions can be found in this. Movie. I was like, oh, I guess this was a true story. Okay. Yeah. So fun fun story about this movie in me. So I saw this movie in '96 when it first came out, probably on video. I can't imagine my parents taking mm-hmm. me to see this at the theater. Um, and you know, it's an adventure movie. It's set in Africa. Batman was in it. Well, one of the Batmans. So well, it was the Batman. At the I was time. This was a year excited. after Forever. So yeah. Right, so uh, I was super stoked to watch this, and then you get to the end, and then it says that thing where you can see the lions of Savo at the Chicago Field Museum. And since I was 11, it has been a mission of mine to get to Chicago to go to this field museum and see these lions. So, um, and funnily enough, a YouTuber that I watch went last summer and did like a video around it, and I got weirdly emotional, like actually seeing them, like the exhibit. Even despite the fact that it was on YouTube and not in person, but hmm. but yeah. Well, yeah. So we'll start spoiler free as we do, and we'll give you a warning in the middle before we get to spoilers. Uh, but yeah. So but yeah, premise is pretty simple. Val Kilmer uh, plays uh, Henry Patterson, or sorry, John Henry Patterson, who is tasked yeah. with killing. Uh, no, sorry, he's not tasked with killing anything. He's tasked with building a bridge no. uh, in Africa, in mm-hmm. uh, Savo specifically, and. He goes there. Although, I, there was this weird thing in the movie where I feel like he kept referring to Africa as a country. And I thought that was really weird. He kept saying this yeah, country. Yeah, because... It, so, so what I, I think he was using it in the grand sense of, the, like, the region yeah, he was the, in. Yeah, the country. Like, the yeah. countryside. Uh, being that... Because they're not close to civilization. Like, they're out in the he, middle of the planet. He did it, he did it so planet. many times. I was starting to think, does he not know that Africa's a continent? <laughs> like, do we have to explain this to him? <laughs> you know? Yeah, and it's also uh, British Africa, because this is set in yeah. 1898, uh, during the you know the the grand days of the yeah, British also, Empire. Yeah, he's he's rocking an accent as well. It's kind of I all think over the it place. was supposed to be Irish, yeah. but I'm not really sure. Yep. Yeah, he's Irish because he has a one of my favorite lines that I picked up on this time was uh, as he's writing his wife, he says that God invented oh, alcohol. He said, I thought he said well, he was prevent- writing his wife. I was like, I don't remember that scene. No. <laughs> writing, writing. Uh, God invented alcohol to keep the Irish from conquering mm. the world. So um, I was like, "Yep, that, that must be." He's talking yeah. about his fellow countrymen. The accent was a bit rough. I'm not yeah. gonna lie, he's a bit, but in the, the weird side. So I've seen this movie countless times, and this was the first time that I realized he was supposed to be Irish because <laughs> it's super heavy. Like I haven't watched it open to like beginning to end in one sitting in quite a while because this is one that when it's on TV. I'll stop and watch it until I'm doing whatever else I have to do. Uh, and it's very strong in the beginning, but by the end, he's just kind of Val Kilmer. 
So it, it's yeah. well, tor- torment and push you through it, and you get you lose your accent apparently. But so yeah. so he he's there to build the bridge. He's done this before in other countries, and he comes to Savo to build the bridge. Um, Tom Wilkinson hires him, who's an awful, awful person, for the seems of it. And yes. while he's there, he's befriending the locals. There's a lion attack. He actually quickly kills the lion. Um, and the comparisons to Jaws is this is where I really started comparing it to Jaws because I, all I could remember was all I could all I could think about because the entire like all all the workers who are there to build the bridge, the local people, they all start cheering. This really like sweet music starts playing, and all I could think about yeah. was the scene in Jaws where they've killed a shark not the shark not and quince shark. over on the yeah. boat laughing that's all i could think about during this uh, scene and i'm like this is basically yeah. just jaws but in the grass so basically you know lion attacks keep happening there's two big lines and eventually the quint of this movie uh, michael douglas's charles remington comes in uh, mm-hmm. and that's kind of so they, they team up and that's this is kind of the brody and the the quint teaming up uh, to take on the lions yeah so kilmer's character is basically Brody and uh, Hooper in one package because I was watching this with my wife and she started to pick up on the jaws in the grass aspect as he's naming. So he's sitting on the front of a train with the like, it's someone that was sent ahead of him. I wasn't quite sure what his role was. Um, And he's naming off all the animals and the guy's like, Oh, you've been in Africa 24 hours. I've been here for a year and you already know more than I do. So my wife's like, wait, is he supposed to be a biologist or is he, a, is he building the bridge? I was like, well, I think he's both because they build up the fact that he's this big game hunter uh, and he, he's used to dealing with animals in these climates. So, But yeah, they, they get around that pretty easy with, with him as both of those kind of characters. Well, yeah, pretty much. Uh, so obviously you like the movie. You picked it. Uh, and you, yeah. It sounds like it's yeah. a very personal movie to you. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was just okay. Basically, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, honestly, I kind of mediocre overall. If I'm honest, like it, it does drag it again. This is oh, the first time I watched long, it all the yeah. way through. I, my, my first thought was yeah. the opening like ten minutes. You could just cut out of the movie, like the the whole scene yeah. where he goes to Tom Wilkinson and he gives him the job. I'm like, I don't really need this. You could just start with him arriving and just get all this from from context yeah. and a little bit of exposition here or there. Yeah. Um, it's too long, far too long. Yeah. Also, Michael Douglas' character doesn't come in until super, mm-hmm. super late. You know, I feel like he was—he would have been kind of needed uh, earlier. Uh, also, when I was a kid, he was like my favorite character in the movie. Uh, as I get older, I'm just like, yeah, that's not a good character at all. Like, he's just kind of there to be like this gruff American, yeah. you know, know I also, it all. I, I don't get a whole lot of character from him, bizarrely. Like, I feel like. They forgot to develop what the character was supposed to be, so he's just kind of going through the motions of this outsider who's like this big hunter. Uh... Yeah, so I did some research on this because I figured, judging by what we... We didn't really talk about the movie, but I could tell from your tone from knowing you for Uh so long now um, that we weren't going to be able to have a very long discussion about the merits of the movie, so I did some (laughs) background research on production and like the actual story. So once we get into the spoiler section... I can drop some knowledge on this Remington character, but I will say right now, he's actually a complete fabrication. In the real life story, there was no okay. Remington. All right, that's interesting. Yeah. So basically, once he shows up, it stops being that true to life, and goes off into this. Yeah, because it becomes part. about them bonding. Really they don't like each other at first, but then yeah. they bond, and then it's this bigger thing. 
um there's a couple of laughable scenes there's, there's, there's a nightmare sequence at one point that made me laugh my ass off yeah it's yeah. pretty bad uh, uh so so that, that that was like a thing i mean honestly i think my biggest problem with the movie it, all in the fact that the pacing's really bad and it's, it's too long yeah. is that the lion attacks and like the lion like scenes where they're hunting the lions are actually not that exciting uh, they're just kind of boring yeah because they're because they're using real lions and real lions are very dangerous so there's not much you can do and cg wasn't where it is now like i'd love to see a version of this movie now yeah, with, I, with what they could do, it was, it was just kind of I don't know. It was like dull, and it's directed by Stephen Hopkins, who I actually know who that is because he directed Predator Two, yeah. he directed uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Five, uh, not a particularly good Nightmare on Elm Street, in my opinion. But I like Predator <laughs> Two. Predator Two is a fun movie, but it's a really schlocky fun yeah. movie. I feel like this movie, much like Jaws, like Jaws with a different director, is not Jaws, and I feel like oh yeah, jo- I watched Jaws Two for the first oh, yeah. time this year. <laughs> Jaws Two is ungood like you put that hands you put that property in the hands of someone that's not steven spielberg and it goes yeah. off a cliff you need a director who's really good with tension and building up suspense and building up the scenes and i feel like this this movie's like no this is jaws without a a, a spielberg level director this is someone who just does coverage and doesn't really build the 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 you know the the the, the threat as it's going on because i never yeah. really felt it like i i like I got in theory that okay, every night the lion would come out and like kill one or two of the, the workers, and they're all scared about it. Uh, and you know the movie's very cheesy and on the nose. Like I say, at the start when he kills that first lion, that you know is not really the lion. Uh, they all cheer, and this like music swells up, and it's like super cheesy nineties, and it felt very mid nineties to me. This felt like a super nineties movie, and in most Definitely. of the worst ways, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's nineties through and through. Even so, we we get to the part of the score where the score is, like soars mm-hmm. up, like you're talking about when he kills the lion. And I was like, that's Jerry Goldsmith, because I know and I I don't know scores mm-hmm. that well, but from from going to Disneyland a lot, there's a ride called Soren over California. And now it's just Soren, where they use a lot of his scores because they're these big, grand sounding, and I've heard that score in there before. And I went, that's Jerry Goldsmith, and I looked it up, and sure enough. And it's very indicative of that time period because he also did the score, I think, for Air Force One, which is, you know, uh, around mm. the same era and whatnot. So, actually, that's a movie I should add to the list of stuff for um, Like, obviously, Jerry Goldsmith's a fantastic composer, but it feels out of place yeah. in this movie because it feels like the, the first half hour of the movie feels like it's going for this, oh, he's this great white hunter who's come to the, the village and everyone yep. loves him because he saved us all. And it, it does feel kind of like that. It's like this is a movie set in Africa, but it's like two white guys who are mm-hmm. the, the main characters. So it's, it's very much a, yeah. a product of, well, the last hundred years of cinema, I guess. But yeah, well, I mean, it, it's very much an imperialist story, being that like he was sent yeah. by Britain to build this bridge in but British this, Africa. This is where I'm getting up with the music, though, is that it feels out of place because I feel like no, like again, compared to Jaws, Jaws has. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Well, there's, there's tension. Yeah. With Jerry Goldsmith, I don't feel tension. Like I said, there are these big he, he does, soaring. He does wonderment. He does adventure, and yeah, like I feel like trying to sell us as an adventure movie is kind of the wrong, the wrong tone to go with. Yeah, it should have been a thriller, um, like a, a horror. Yeah, thriller. And, and it is like you technically should've... by what's happening, yeah. but. <laughs> But you don't. But yeah. you don't feel it, and that's why. So I, 
I think I keyed into it as a kid because I was a kid that was afraid of scary movies. Like I wasn't allowed, so I had this mentality. And so this was would this and like Anaconda would put me right up to the edge <laughs> that I was allowed to watch, you know. Uh, so I think I'm just I, I I pull more towards the adventure, and that's what I love about this movie. Not so much the lion attacks, and plus the all the history that it, it's based on. Is right mm. in my my niche, but I totally get what you're saying. Like there's there's very little tension. I I found myself like just going through the paces yeah. of all right. Well, when are we gonna find how many how many more times is lion gonna sneak into and the it's camp? It's not that I can't enjoy some you know? of these things, but I typically don't like some of the tropes here of movie set like in the past of you know when he sits down with the letter and he's like writing to his wife and he's like oh yeah things are getting tense here and i mean i'm not even doing an irish accent i'm just doing an english one but like oh. things are getting tense here the men are getting scared but i'm doing my best i'm trying my best i i hope i, I long to see my my newborn son uh, you know the first chance i can get yeah. my beloved and i'm like ah shut up <laughs> let's go over the plot yeah gotcha yeah i, I would love to see this because this this concept, the Lions of Sava, has been made into movies like three or four times. I think this is the most recent, but I definitely would love to see like a like a Blumhouse version of this, where it, it's a little more gaslight with the lion attacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those a low budget, right? But still, the stuff you can do with a low budget. I don't know um, if you want the CG lion, Matt. You're going to have to go episodes. bigger budget than Blumhouse. Okay, maybe. Okay, who who's a what's a production that's a little bit bigger than Blumhouse? That is horror. They kind of cornered that market. Yeah, I, f- I feel like you're looking at like Lionsgate oh, you know or what? something at that point. But well, well give me. Give, I don't want Del Toro, but give me one of Del Toro's guys and his production company, uh, and then you can get the the good set design, the CG lions, you know, and then tell the story a little more uh, to life. Yeah, I feel like man. The, the movie as well, like it does this thing where they, they talk about the lions as if they're not really just lions, they're, they're, they're otherworldly, yeah, you know, there's supernatural natural. elements to mm-hmm. them, they've, they've got this, this fire in their eyes, it's not, they work together in ways that lions don't work together, they are, they are, you know, the, the biggest, the baddest, and the, the, the most interesting lions of all time. The problem is, is that they tell me that, they don't show me that, like, I feel like, if, right. like, because... I mean, obviously, in Jaws is a big thing where they talk about this is like a you know a giant shark. But beyond that, they don't, they, yeah. they don't go into the the mentality of the shark too much in terms of what this does with the lions. Right. And I feel like if you want to show me that these are the scariest and the 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 the, the, the biggest, the baddest lions of all time, then just show me them being scary instead of telling me it. Right. And I go, well, sure, it's scary because it's a lion, but like I'm not seeing anything different out of these lions than what I'd necessarily expect. Well, the the one part that gets me that I would I like I would agree with almost all the other ones except when they attacked that at that one night, mm. and and one of them climbs up onto the roof, and then jumps down on him. Well, that was actually in the day. The night scene's a, a different one, but they have the same kind mm. of thing. Because as far as I know, the way that lions hunt is not they're not necessarily ambush predators like that. So if that had really happened. You know, I could see how the locals would think, like, oh no, these are evil spirits. These aren't actual yeah, lions. Spirit. I guess what I'm saying but... is that in the filmmaking, they're, they're not, they're not selling me on the the presence of them as mm-hmm. as much. Well, yeah. So, I the way that they do a lot of it is you're getting the lions POV, which is weird, because if you want to sell on me that they're supernatural, you have them just kind of appear, right? There's there's no sign, kind of like 
I don't want to say like the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park because that's a little bit too far. But you're not kind of like the raptors during that scene where they get mm-hmm. Muldoon. You really, uh, but again, that's Spielberg. That's true. He's yeah, a master. Back Spielberg. Um, right, but um, but how when they get Muldoon, you don't even really see him until it launches at him, and you could kind of do that with these lions where you're not even aware that they're watching you until it's too late. Yeah, I feel, I feel like in my head, I can see like a scene where someone's in the long grass and they know something's there, but they mm-hmm. can't quite see it. And then there's yeah. just a giant slow motion shot of a lion jumping at him. Yeah. Like, you know, that's, that's, that's like a thing I could see in my head. But I mean, and I get, yeah. again, I know that so, you can't just do that with a lion, but. Yeah. Well, that, that's what kills me is the, the lion attack scenes here are almost comical because how bad the, the editing and however they got these lions to attack that way it's just like like that dream yeah, sequence you were talking about it's very about. choppy because they have to they yeah because they've got real footage of lions but obviously they can't have the lions anywhere near the mm-hmm. actors so it it's a lot of really right. choppy close-ups and and various things yeah um it's which i find a little bit charming because it is a mid-90s movie right but I, I totally get the problems with it. I feel like maybe if I saw this as a kid, I may have some sort of nostalgia and it may, yeah. may work for me better. But <laughs> as someone watching it for the first time in 2018, it's, it's not offering me a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I can't blame you. And this is why I did yes. research for the spoiler section, you know, because it is one of those ones that uh, I, I am deeply nostalgic for and I recognize it from yeah. its flaws. I mean, worth mentioning, okay. Emily Mortimer's got a small role. She's the wife who's left behind um yep. in, in jolly old london town um and but anyway so so yeah we'll give the spoiler warning i think we'll go full spoilers from here on out for uh the ghost in the darkness which is obviously what they call the lines um the locals that's what they call them yep. uh so yeah i went about this nightmare sequence so so after he's already he's, <laughs> he's he's had some encounters with the line and the men have all like sort of abandoned and they're, they're leaving because they're scared he has this nightmare and it's really obvious it's a nightmare as soon as the threat appears because his wife and child yeah. arrive in the train. They get off and they're looking for him and he sees them from afar and he starts running towards them through the crowd, the busy you know train station crowd. And then you see the line like you know slowly like prilling from the grass over to the side. And I'm like, okay, this is a nightmare then. It's not real. But the entire thing, like no one else is noticing it and no one else is reacting. The line just is yeah. running towards her and like jumps at her like on the on the platform at the train station and it's just the most ridiculous silly thing i just i was laughing the entire time it's probably the, the most animated i got yeah. throughout the whole film was this ridiculous nightmare scene yeah <laughs> it's pretty funny um because I, I, I went back on it and i remember watching it for the first time going oh no but i, I was also 11 so you went, oh no oh no he just killed the one lion and now it's coming back for vengeance and uh and then yeah, no. Once everyone else starts not reacting, you realize something's up. And then when it takes her down, it's just it's so choppy that it's kind of funny. Yeah, the other thing so. as well, of course, is that yeah, they, they kill they, they eventually kill one of the two lions, and then I mm-hmm. knew that uh, Douglas was going to go because they had to even the odds. Like the, the other oh. lion was going to even the odds, yep. so he he dies kind of in a weird way as well. He's just kind of like missing from the tent. And they, they find the like, evidence of blood, yep. and it's like that's weird. I feel like for his character, he, he should have a bigger send off. I wanted him to go out like Liam Neeson in the the Gray. You know how he, <laughs> he puts the bottles last between his fingers, like Wolverine, like you see in the trailer. That's what I. So I was so stoked on the character when I was younger because he's basically he's like Alan Quartermain, 
You know, he's the big game hunter. He's seen it all. He knows the tribesmen. Like, he's friendly with them and speaks their language. And you get the, you know, him and him and Kilmer clash heads because they're both really good at their jobs and they don't want to budge uh, on either to do it the other guy's way. But like you said earlier, they, they end up, like, yeah, they almost don't clash Becoming enough, friendly. though, because I feel like it, right from the start, yeah. uh, Remington's like, hey, you can come and help hunt the lions because once I leave, you still have to build this bridge. And if, if you come with me, you'll still have the respect of the locals as opposed to like being seen as the as the coward who couldn't solve the problem. Uh, yeah. and I'm like, so he's already been very considerate of them. And it's, so it's, which is interesting because it's different than normal, but their, their, their friendship, because they bond over killing the lion, right? Because he has this plan where he's going to be up on this little platform and then he, he falls mm-hmm. down and i don't know I, I feel like they're doing this like bonding this friendship between the, the two guys uh and eventually they get drunk together and kind of like you know joke about mm-hmm. things and whatever and but it never really felt to me like they've really got to know each other or like they've overcome some like gaping yeah. void like outside of like outside of uh michael douglas getting mad at him at one point for uh using yeah. bringing a gun that wasn't that wasn't like tested because right. he's, he's he's gone misfired and he's like wait you swapped your weapon and didn't right. test it and you brought an untested weapon to, right. to hunt in the line and he gets mad at him at that point but it never felt like there was like a i, fe- I felt like michael douglas needed to disapprove of him until he helped kill the line and then that that would have overcame yeah. like a, a hurdle for them instead it's more like this kind yeah. of just very mild mistrust that's then fixed yeah well, it's almost just like let me do my job and I'll let you do your job, and and that's when the way they bond later. It, it just feels like they're just going through emotions. But so William Goldman did the script, and so he originally pitched it in like the early '90s, and it was as he said, it was um, Lawrence of Arabia meets Jaws. That, that's how he envisioned it, and he wrote the script, and then it got sold. It was in development, and Michael Douglas and company picked it up. And he wanted to play Remington. Uh, and then because his production company picked it up, they kind of chopped up the character and made him, you know, Michael Douglas made him more relevant because his whole point was that he was going to show up and be this enigmatic character, almost like a ghost himself. Like he would almost be like this man, not out of time, but out of place. And then when he gets killed by the lion, it was meant to be like, oh, well, these lions are playing for keeps because if they can take him out, and he has this reputation. But it kind of, when Michael Douglas took the role, he he tweaked it a little bit too much and made him this like more down-to-earth, homey character. Uh, and I feel like it did the movie a disservice. Because had he been that enigmatic character, I feel like that death scene, because it is so kind of mysterious, it lands a little better. Yeah, because he feels you know? fairly normal. Despite the fact that he's this game hunter who understands the people he's, yeah. he, he feels relatively down to earth so it doesn't feel like a big deal yeah uh, whereas really yeah. what you want there is that oh they, they killed him therefore oh they're even more dangerous they're setting up the threat of the line exactly uh you, you don't quite right. get that I, it's not ever dead i don't know um no uh, yeah it's there's something just very i don't know there's something missing with the the overall tone i think like there's a, there's this almost like laid back nature to the first half of the movie and um I don't know I feel like there needs to be more stakes there wasn't enough stakes yeah I mean because they are building that bridge and there's all the all the people and so 
in the real story, uh, the real um, uh, Kilmer's character's name again is John. Uh, let me out here, Pete. Sorry. All right, John. Uh, Hen- John Henry Patterson. John Henry Patterson. Patterson. Yeah. Yeah. So the real Patterson claims that 135 people were killed by these lions over the course of nine months, uh, from like May to December. And uh, so, had they ramped up the deaths, like you're just seeing people going left and right, I think that helps that out yeah, a little bit. I, I think the other know? thing it needs as well in terms of stakes is like, it doesn't feel like, like he can leave if he wants. If he actually ends up being there longer than he's supposed to, because he misses the, the birth of his kid, he could just leave. He could yeah. quit and leave, and he stays around. I feel like, like I don't know, like what, how you you swing this in the plot, but. Like, have some consequence for him. Have him, have him on a ticking clock. Like, like he needs to deal with this or he can't go home. Like, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't get to right. go home until he's dealt with this. Or or he doesn't, whatever. I, I don't know. Like, But just something a bit more personal yeah. where instead it just kind of feels like he's determined to do it. And, that I mean, that can be good as well is the idea that he's just driven. He's like, you know, like, no, no, no. I have right. to solve this problem. Otherwise, you know, for, for just a self-respect. Like, I have to do this out of pride. Yeah, so I, I would have had him finish the bridge, even though, so in real life, the bridge didn't get finished until after the lines were killed, but you have the bridge almost near completion, so his his actual work there is done. He stays, because this, this line, or this, pa- this pair of lines has killed too many people in this area, and he needs to, you know, make it right, or whatever. Yeah, I, I think, you know. yeah, so, I, I still think, I feel like we need to know some more of the people who get killed a bit better to, to really care about them. Yep. Um, oh well, obviously Michael Douglas mm-hmm. gets killed, but like b- before that, I mean, when it's yeah. really setting up the lines, like there's the the assistant doctor guy, uh, the Scottish guy who, yep. I mean, he's okay, but like I never really felt like I got to know him beyond just a couple of pleasantries. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like he was super known. Yeah. he was recognizable because we'd seen him a few times. Um, I felt yeah. like maybe some more likable characters who maybe get get offed <laughs> would have been would have been a way of doing yeah. Well, that. one of the workers there gets killed after he says he's killed a lion with his bare hands, you know, and then you see that the lions dragged him out and killed him, um, and whatnot. So, so yeah, I mean, there, there, I think there's ways to, to fix it, but again, yeah, I think you summed up. See, when you said it's going through the motions, that that's kind of how I felt about the, the, the whole thing. It just felt like it was just going through what is it supposed to do as opposed to actually really grabbing me and like pulling me in and saying here these lions are predators and there's, there's, there's all this suspense because they might strike at any time and despite the fact that that's technically the plot they might strike at any time um mm-hmm. i don't know I, I honestly i think one of the biggest problems is that uh patterson's a really dull character he's really uninteresting yeah yep he is i, I want uh, he's supposed to be this great hunter that spent time in india dealing with tigers but i never get that vibe from him like I kind of feel like he's always out of his depth. Even though he's supposed to be good at what he's doing, he seems like over his head, which you don't want to do. Yeah, and it'd be fine if the plot acknowledged that and it was like, no, it was about him proving that yeah. he wasn't out of his depth. Like That could be a story, mm-hmm. but right. I, never, I never felt that. never felt that either. Yeah. Yeah. So some real facts about these, these lions, right, is so they were in the movie, they're these big, you know, what we think of as lions, they're the big manes and whatnot. But in this region... Uh, the the male lions tend to not have so many uh, have manes either they have no manes at all or they have very small tufts of manes because it's so hot uh, so these these ones were going around uh, maneless 
uh, killing people, which you would think you could notice something with a big mane coming at you, but the fact they were able to do it, I guess, added to their stealth a little bit more. Now, this is all from Patterson's book that the movie's mm-hmm. based on. Uh, and then secondly, they were larger than normal. They both were over nine feet long, which is super huge for a lion. So the fact that they had these big, huge stealthy oh, I mean, that's, lions, that's pretty big really, for most animals, I, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, but for for the most part, like I don't know if you've been to a lot of zoos and stuff. Like lions are they're they're big, but they're not as big as you think they would be, right? Like they they're more compact. You can tell they're these big, muscly creatures. So the fact that you have these super sized ones now, from from nose to tail, being nine feet, like yeah, I can imagine being in eighteen ninety eight coming across these. And being completely having your mind blown, uh, but the fact that Patterson still stuck through and he killed both of them, and in fact it took the the second one that he killed, so he killed him within a span of, of 20 days. Finally, one was in like December 9th, the other one was December 29th. The, the The second one took three days and over nine bullets to kill from from those high powered rifles. So, like, you just think about that, like, and it. it Colors my opinion of the film a little bit differently, knowing all this now, that, like, the real story is almost better than what is given in the movie. Hmm. You know? But, but yeah. Like, uh, yeah, you could almost do, like, uh, like the, the final half of the movie should just be, like, him on his own tracking the line who's wounded and, mm-hmm. like, try to put him down. Like, yeah. You could, yeah, you could do, like, a more almost Werner Herzog man versus nature kind of take on it. Mm-hmm. Like, that that'd be way more interesting. Werner yeah. Herzog's Ghost in the Darkness. I could I could I could go for that. That that would be because the the according to Patterson the the second lion died while still charging him. <laughs> like it ran him up a tree, and he finally shot it, and it it died up in like, ch- like not on a tree branch trying to get to him. So now that you say that with Werner, I could kind of see that movie. It's a shame we can't have you know? Klaus Kinski playing playing the role because. It may not have been accurate to who he was, but I feel like Klaus Kinski versus Lions would have been a movie I'd I'd, I'd watch. Yeah. And and didn't uh, Herzog actually hate Kinski at a certain oh, point? Oh yeah, they had a love hate so relationship. But yeah, so you could see him putting in there against real lions and going just just deal with it. The fear's real. <laughs> you'll, be fair, you'll be fair. Right? Yeah, like... This is the thing though. I feel like Kinski was just crazy enough that he'd be for that. He'd be like, yeah, yeah, let's make it real. Yeah. Yes, like actual lion. Yes. Can I ride the lion? <laughs> like, but yeah, so this one's definitely a movie that I I still enjoy. Like watching it through this time, it's still one like it, it didn't sour to me, but I definitely saw its flaws a little more than than normal. But I think that's just from watching it all the way through again. And man, the pacing, like you said earlier, when you watch it in chunks, you don't you don't notice the pacing, yeah. right? Because that's not what you're watching. You're watching scenes. But here, just the, it feels like two different movies. Once Remington shows up, it becomes it a does, different movie. Yeah. It does feel like it changes. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, it's just a, a little bit dull. Uh, pacing's quite poor. Uh, uninteresting main character. It's hard to get motivated to, to root for him. It's hard to get motivated to root for anyone, to be honest. Uh, it's, it's a really laid back like Jaws knockoff and I get that it's based on a real thing but that's still kind of what the movie's yeah. doing it's very much a Jaws knockoff well it, that's that's from its inception even Goldman the writer said that it was you know it meets Jaws it's like one of those I feel like Jaws and Die Hard are two movies where you can go it's this mixed with Jaws or Die Hard 
you know, like I'm trying to think what, what's a movie that's diehard in a whatever. Um, I almost said diehard in a building, but that was skyscraper and diehard. So, you know, yeah, it's weird. It's weird to me. You said skyscraper first out of those two. Well, I know because I I was the joke when skyscraper came out was it's diehard in a bigger okay. skyscraper, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. But I was trying to think. There, well, there no, used to what be some I want really now good. Is, uh, Die Hard meets Jaws. Since you keep saying those two, <sighs> oh, there's a way to do it. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Let's not cut that out. Cut that out. We'll do uh, that. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, if I was, I wish we would rate the movie. I think this will be a shorter episode than 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 we typically hit, just because I I feel like there's not a lot to really talk about uh, beyond what we have done. Like I, I like yeah. like I say, characters are not very interested. It's very laid back. Uh, I think the directions, you know, like serviceable at best. Yeah, like I do feel like the director captured the spirit of Africa because we get a lot of these beauty shots of of the surrounding area. Yeah, but it's, it's the action you know? and the character, uh, the the character yeah, uh, interaction that doesn't click. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but hey, if you guys want to talk to me about this, this is one of my pet things. Like I'm still. I as after I watched this, I started looking up when we can go to Chicago. Mm-hmm. So I think we're gonna go next summer, uh, catch a baseball game at Wrigley Field, and then go to the Field Museum because I need to see these these lions. Yeah, I, I feel like so. you know when he's going into the, the grass, it should feel like going in no man's land, like it's completely dangerous. And I, I, and I never feel like it was not until they got to the line. You know, like well, you like you summed up. It kind of lacks stakes. Yeah. Like you never feel like. Patterson's that in. Again, I mean, in not to compare it to Jaws, but just uh, this is a big thing in Jaws. The minute someone's foot touches the water in Jaws, you're like, oh no, that's dangerous. And I never got yeah. that feeling in this. I never got that feeling as soon as they're in the grass. Oh no, terrible, dangerous. So, right, right, right. So, so what are you rating it, Pete? This may seem harsh. Uh oh, it's below five. Yeah, I'm going with a four point five. Uh, okay. I feel, I feel like it's very average. But it's still, it's just mediocre enough that I think I have to go below the five. So I'm going with 4.5. So I, I like it significantly more than, than you, yeah. as, as we can tell. <laughs> so, but upon a rewatch, it, it's taken some knock. So it, it's a 6.5. I love how you picked a move for Overload and then ended up giving it a 6.5. That, that's fascinating to me. Again, it, it's one that I was trying to find stuff that you haven't seen. So. And when he said he hadn't seen this one, it jumped to the front okay, of the list. Okay. Um, but yeah, but the, the next one that I submitted is definitely, I can't see it, me giving it below a certain score. Well, even upon a the rewatch. next one, so. de- I've definitely seen your pick next one. Uh, so yeah. the vote right now on patreon.com slash TV. if you're a patron or you're thinking of becoming a patron uh, for the next overload for next month, you'll, you'll, by the time this goes up, you'll have maybe a, a few days left to vote. Although that said, this goes up early yeah. for patrons, so that's the only patrons will see this before they, they can still vote for this one. Uh, but it's Matt picked Twister, and then I thought it'd be really funny to pick Speed because on the poster for Twister it ah. says from the director of Speed, and I thought that was really funny. Uh, this is great. I I enjoy both of those movies for so, different reasons. So it'll be we'll uh, be getting some nineties acts. So for some reason we're still in the nineties for some reason. Yeah. For some reason the nineties is the, the theme we're, right now. I. I think we found our groove of these are movies that aren't too recent that maybe one of us haven't mm. seen you know so 
Like I haven't seen Speed probably since 1998. Interesting. So, yeah. So it'll almost be a so new watch be... to me. Versus Twister, <laughs> I've seen numerous yeah. times. So just that, this that'll year. be uh, one of those so. two will be the next overload next month. Uh, so you can look forward to that. But do do go over to Patreon, have a look, uh, see if you want to support the ch- the channel, the show, everything we do here. Um, you can of course, if you can't do that, of course you can watch ads. You can turn your ad block off, uh, like, subscribe, comment, share us about all those things. They all help. Uh, but that is us. Get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates and to ask us questions and the like. Uh, but otherwise, that is that is us. So thank you once again for watching and listening. We appreciate it. We love you loads. Keep watching movies, guys, and we'll see you next. <laughs>